the blast from our past network. In an airport on Christmas week, you gotta be kidding. Okay, fuck courtesy. How about just being professional? Your boys just walked away from a crime scene, Captain. You can't wrap this thing up in 10 minutes and you know it. You gotta seal the area off, take pictures, hey, dust hey, for hey, prints. Don't lecture me, hotshot. I know what I'm doing. We're gonna dust it down, we'll take all the pictures, we'll uh, sweep for fibers. Don't do this. After three or four hundred other more people go through there, Christ, you'll be lucky to get a print from one of your own people. Just shut down that area and send oh, your people just in. shut the area down. It's that simple. I'll just shut the area down. Yeah. And I got everybody from the Shriners Convention to the goddamn Boy Scouts traipsing through here. I got lost kids, lost dogs, not now, later. I got international diplomats. I got a fucking reindeer flying in here from the fucking petting zoo. But John McClane, he's got a little problem. Hell, let's shut down the whole fucking airport. Now, what do you think they're gonna say upstairs when I tell them that? Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me is co-host, Dean. And we are right around the corner from Christmas, Dean. Um, We needed to bring a wholesome family Christmas experience to our listeners and we've decided to go with the holiday classic, Die Hard 2. Doesn't get much more Christmassy than Die Hard 2, and it doesn't get much more family than Die Hard 2. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of anything no. that more families, you know, sit down to gather around yeah. the flat screen at the holiday season to watch right. other right. than this movie. It's the one. Maybe Die Hard One, but we did that last year. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But, maybe. but this is the this is the one everyone picks. Yeah, this is the one. So we picked it's it. One everyone loves. The kids are begging to throw it on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Please throw on Die Hard Two. Please. It was between uh, this and It's a Wonderful Life, and yeah. we thought this was more of the wholesome family oh, yeah. experience with like yeah. um, you know, a good lesson being learnt in it yeah that movie's too depressive that movie's uh, too too depressing very depressing for christmas yeah yeah unlike this for christmas yeah it's very fun very very uplifting yeah yeah Uh, dean did you like the movie tell me you liked the movie of course of course i like die hard to die hard you've been like a bit you've been a little weird lately I just didn't like Crank. That's it. That's the only well, thing I didn't like. You didn't like Superman 4, which came a, you know, a, a little bit before that. Tim, that movie's bad. I, but I liked it. I still liked it. It just is terrible. Yeah, but that's a quality to like in the yeah. movie. Uh, in, in my opinion, Die Hard 2 is far better than both those movies. <laughs> of course, Dean. Of far course better. it is. It's yeah. it's an amazing movie. I I was so impressed with this movie. I mean, it, it blew me away. I couldn't believe it. I wore out this VHS back in the day, but yeah. I haven't seen it in like I don't know fifteen years, maybe okay. twenty. Dean, 
Wow, 20? Maybe even like 70 or 80? I don't know. 80 years? That's how old you are. I lose track of time. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, 80. That's how old I am. Nice one, Dean. Way to throw that in there. Good one. Thanks. I definitely forgot how good this movie was. Okay, yeah. I just think the story is great. The action is great. The dialogue is great. What do you think? I like this one a lot. Actually, when I was a teenager, this was my favorite Die Hard movie. This was the one that I liked the most. I had it on VHS recorded off TV with some hilarious dubs that if you go on YouTube, you can find you can find the hilarious dubs they used to have for this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just wore that tape out, the, the one that I had taped off TV. Um, so I just watched it over and over. Then, like, later on, when I was, like, a little bit more into my 20s, I started to watch Die Hard a bit more. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely superior. Die Hard is, like, one of the greatest movies ever. This is a good movie. Um, but, like, I would say it's, I would say it's still a far reach away from Die Hard, but it is a great movie. I think Die Hard is a better movie. I might go to bat for this one being more fun. Okay. I, I think there was more humor. I think the, the jokes were a bit tighter. I think like all around the acting was better. I think they brought some really powerhouse house actors in and gave more people more of a role to play in the mm-hmm. movie. Uh, I think the action is just actions kind of like more of the same, but uh, Bruce Willis though, I feel like they utilize him as like this character who has now been through what he's been through. Right. And he yeah. actually brings that to the table. They yeah. don't just kind of throw that away and give you more of the same of, of the guy in the first movie. I feel like he, you know, grew as a character from one to two and he's been there, done that in this. And it was a really fun vibe because he's like, he's irritated by yeah. being put in a similar situation as this, but he's also more confident because he's already been through a situation like that. So I, I really liked what they did with this second movie. I think it was a really great pivot from number one, um, you know, move trying to do more of the same, but also making it a bit different and, yeah, I, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. Like I said, I yeah, was blown sure. away on this this yeah. rewatch. I, I I couldn't believe how much fun I was having. And the movie just starts, and it's like, here, start having fun, and the oh, fun yeah. never stops. There's no... Never stops. There's no, like... Normally, I'll, I'll we'll watch the intro, and I'll say, okay, Dean, what did you think of that intro? This movie either has no intro, or the entire movie is an intro. <laughs> Choose one. Right. But there's no, like, it, it doesn't... There's no like, segmenting this movie. It just it it starts going and it goes all the way till the end. And man, I'm just having a great time watching it. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I'm with you on uh, uh, Bruce Willis's character here, John McClane. I love what they've done with him. He is uh, he's like more confident, like you said. It, it's like he he knows that he was the hero in the first movie. Like he knows that he was the only one who could do anything in that movie because in this one, he just takes charge because he's like, okay, everyone's stupid and no one's going to do the right thing. So I just have to do it because I already, I was already in a situation where I just had to do it because everybody was incompetent. So uh, I just have to do it. And so, yeah, I like that. I like that. He's more, um, 
he, he's he's more confident to take those steps of just doing it right away. Uh, whereas, you know, in, in Die Hard, he's first trying to get the authorities there, you know, to take control of the situation. And then eventually he's realizing that they're not going to do the right thing. So then he takes control. So, yeah, this was this was fun. Fun one. Yeah. In the first one, he's the reluctant hero who does what he has to do. Yeah. But in this one, he's the superhero. He's superhero. It's yeah. just like, I'm just going to go and take care of this because nobody else will. So I I liked that superhero aspect from him. I think they pumped that oh, yeah. up. They pumped that up. That's that's what we love about John McClane is he's like, he, he's he's greater than everybody else, right? He He's yeah. like the one man army. And they uh, they turned up the volume on that in this movie, yeah, and I thought sure. it was a lot of fun. For sure, it's great. I, I was on board. I was digging it. I was feeling it, Dean. I was feeling it. Yeah, you were feeling it. You were on board. Uh, you weren't on one of those planes, were you? You weren't on board one of the planes, Dean. It yeah, was, that was just it was just a movie. Oh, I mean, I, I couldn't possibly be on board a plane oh. from okay. a movie, right? that's true. I guess unless I was in the movie. So if you're asking me, was I in this movie? <laughs> yeah. No, unfortunately. I was wasn't. that what you meant by you're on board? Did you mean you're in this movie? No, I didn't mean, no, okay. I didn't mean for you to take that literally. Okay. I misunderstood. That's, that's that, on me. That's my bad. That's okay. No problem. Thanks for hey, clearing it up. Uh, big bro. Christmas is right around the corner. Hey, I love Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. In a few days. I don't have, the eggnog out because I crack that out for the Christmas special. Yeah, that's Christmas special material. I save that. Yeah. But I'm like taking steps towards that because I have the Coke and whiskey. So Very it's like nice. it's a step towards the eggnog. Very nice. I've been listening to Christmas music for like three weeks now. And yeah, I I always love it. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm one of the people who does it and loves it. Yeah. Same. Don't I love let it too. me turn it off. Get out of here, January. No. I'm not ready for you yet. I'm still listening. No, exactly. To christmas music exactly let's stretch this thing out as long as we can yeah let's do that hey uh speaking of uh our christmas episode very fun we kind of have this theme of doing sort of like terrible christmas movies yeah for our christmas special which is exclusive now over on patreon um funny thing happens when we watch these terrible movies i fall in love with all of them I think they're, they're kind of great. great. So yeah, looking forward to doing it again. Yeah. See what happens. It's a movie I haven't seen before, but you have. I have. Yeah. So very much looking forward to that. Our Christmas special will drop on Christmas. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we do it Christmas Eve. Maybe we drop it Christmas Eve. I feel like, I don't know if people have a lot of time to listen to an episode on Christmas day. Yeah. Maybe Plus we could. Tim, we we're we gotta we gotta open presents on Christmas Day, you and me. We can't be podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Dean. We, we'll record it beforehand. Oh, okay. I'm just all over the place uh, today. I'm yeah, misunderstanding. Because if we were recording on Christmas, Dean, how would I release it on Christmas Eve? That would be a, a spectacular feat. These things are live. <laughs> well, sometimes they are live, but but that yeah. one won't be. Maybe okay. I'll throw it out to the listeners to see what they uh, what they prefer. Let the the patrons choose. They control yeah. us. That we do whatever they say. Of course. Now, Dean, getting back to this movie, I remember a lot of drama around this movie when it came out because of the kill count in this one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This movie racked up two hundred and seventy-one deaths. 
which was the most of any movie at that time in North America. Right, because they crash a plane. Yeah, because they crash a plane. Yeah, crashing a plane. Yeah. So I think, you know, the news reports blew it out of proportion. It's not like Rambo went through a jungle and murdered 271 people. A plane of like 250 people crashed. Yeah. (laughs) You barely saw anything. You saw like some flames in the cabin and that's it. And then it goes down. But, you know, the media jumps on it and they're like, oh, this is the most violent movie of all time. Don't let anybody watch it. You know, come on, don't go to it. So our dad, who was always hot and cold with letting us watch rated R movies, sometimes it was cool. Sometimes it was not. It was never okay for me. No, no, it was never okay for for you. But for me, an older brother, it went from like, this is fine to you can't watch this. Yeah. Yeah. He caught me an older brother watching this during a time when he cared a lot about us not watching movies like this. And we got in trouble. Yeah. And he decided to like make a point of things. He had heard how many kills there were. He knew there's probably going to be bad language. So he sat down and watched the movie himself. And he counted all the swears. And he counted all the kills. And he counted all the gunshots, Dean. This was was an inspired performance by dad. Yes. Tim, this is this is one upping you even the counter. You're the counter on this podcast. Dad is one upping you counting the gunshots. Maybe this is where I get it from, I guess. This is where you got it. Yeah, you're inspired a... by this story he told yeah. you and you're like, "I want to count things I want to count too. stuff. I want to count stuff that you can't possibly <laughs> count." Well, Dean, uh, older brother and I, we thought this was all very funny because of the scene in the movie where there's a bunch of blanks being shot. Ah, so yes. we got a good laugh out of the fact that he was going to be jotting down gunshots that he would then have to go back in a race. And we thought that was that hilarious. Is funny. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, after he watched it and he realized it's not all that bad. Like right. It's not as bad as people made it out to be. The whole thing just blew over. The whole thing blew over. It was all fine. He's like, okay. I, th- I think I sh- probably shouldn't have sat down and done all this. Whatever you guys like. He's like, what a waste of time. Watch whatever you want. Yeah. Are you guys going to become terrorists? And we're like, no, we just think it was a cool movie. All right, fine. That's that's okay. You guys are good. You you can leave now. If you promise. Well, I'll take the handcuffs off and you guys can go now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 You have to promise. Yeah. Yeah. One of us promised and one of us didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I won't say who was who. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Um. Die Hard 2 released on July 4th, 1990, with a budget of $70 million. This film grosses $240 million, which is $100 million more than the first one made. So here we have a huge blockbuster of a movie. Yeah. And side note, I always find it funny when Christmas movies are released in the summer. I agree, Tim. I, I find it funny and... By funny, in this instance, I mean very weird. It's very weird. So here's the weird thing, though. It is an action blockbuster. So that comes out in July. That's when it comes out. But then you roll credits and you're playing Christmas songs. And that's just weird. You have to leave the theater, Tim. Out of, That you're sitting in the theater in your t-shirt and shorts. You got to leave yeah, the right. theater yeah. into this hot evening, very muggy and hot evening yeah. with uh, Let It Snow in your head. Yeah. You have to fight off the urges to go to your Christmas playlist <laughs> on the drive home with exactly. the windows down and your arm the hanging hell? out the window. 
Yeah. And you can't yeah. fight the urge. And then no. you pull up to a red light and the people beside you look at you strangely because you're listening to Christmas music. You got the Christmas music blasting. You got your flower shorts on. You got your puka shells on. You got your sunglasses on blasting the Christmas music. Yeah. And then you pull out your machine gun and shoot their car up. <laughs> and then you're like, you it's, just yeah, it's just blanks. Yeah, it's just blanks. just blanks. Joke's on you. <laughs> this movie was directed by Rennie Harlan, and he's done The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Cliffhanger, Deep Blue Sea, Exorcist, The Beginning, among others. Screenplay by Stephen E. D'Souza and Doug Richardson. And D'Souza was the more decorated writer of the two. He's done 48 Hours, Running Man, and he's done Street Fighter. And the more I think of it, the more I want to cover Street Fighter. Sure. I just in, in my that'd memory? Be that'd be fun. Bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. In your memory and yeah. in reality. Okay. Okay, but good. it would yeah. be fun. Fun. Yeah, fun. Fun. Music by Michael Kamen. He returns after doing the music from Die Hard 1. Cool. Great music. Love it. Yep. Cast. Bruce Willis is back as John McClane. Bonnie Bedelia is back as Holly Gennaro. William Atherton is back as the hateable reporter, Dick Thornburg. And Reginald Vell Johnson is back briefly as Sergeant Powell. Very briefly. Very briefly, but I liked it. I liked that they oh, brought it him was back. Oh, one, it was a wonderful scene. It was yeah. a good scene, and it was a useful wonderful. scene. It wasn't just like, throw yeah. him in there somewhere. It it mattered for the movie, so I liked it. Definitely. But then, Dean, you get some new faces, and some faces yeah. that I liked. Me too. You get William Sadler as Colonel Stewart. I love William Sadler. Yeah. John Amos as Major Grant. Dennis Franz as Captain Lorenzo, Art Evans as the airport engineer, and Fred Thompson as Ed, the air traffic flight director. Okay. And man, like this group of characters, this might seem like too many characters to have in a movie and to have them all be relevant characters. They did such a good job of integrating everybody into this movie and having everybody playing uh, an integral part and they're all yeah. they're all knocking it out of the park. Like every single one of these characters is doing an amazing job. I'm captivated when any of them are talking. Um, I'm just eating up everything they're selling. I want to see more yeah. of everybody. It's so much fun. I'm having such a great time with them. That's a really good point because there's like three main bad guys and like three main good guys other than John McClane. And... And they all do their thing. Like, they all have their part. They're all different. They all have their role. And they're all knocking it out of the park. Great. Yeah, it's great. And then there's even, like, supporting people that we don't really need to talk about. But th yeah. they're even doing things. Like, the the janitor who um, McLean bumps into a bunch. There's some of the flight attendants on the plane are in it quite a bit. They're with a great. Bunch of, and they're great. Everybody's yeah. so great. That old lady who's got the taser on the airplane. She's weird. <laughs> she's great. Everybody's so great. Yeah. I don't dislike anybody in the movie. No, I would not want to be sitting by that lady, though. Well, no, but I mean, taser, you know, taser aside, she just seems a bit too talkative. And she tased her dog. Yeah, well, I mean, she starts talking. <laughs> I yeah. do the slow headphone put on. 
for sure. You're Tim, you're going to hear something you don't want to hear. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Order her a drink. That lady just needs a drink. Okay, great. <laughs> you know? I feel like that'll make that's her more talkative. Stiff one. Oh. Yeah, stiff. Get her, put her to sleep. Put her to sleep. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Get her to pass out. Yeah. Well, uh, Dean, Die Hard 1 was based on a novel called Nothing Lasts Forever. Die Hard 2 was also based on a novel called 58 Minutes. The two novels don't have anything in common, so I find it very interesting that they just took two novels, put them together <laughs> as the first and second movie. <laughs> that, that's great. I love it. <laughs> I think that's great. Like They're like, hey, this could be Die Hard 2. Have you ever read this yeah. book? It could be Die Hard 2. Let's do it. I love that aspect about it. Like You have yeah. the James Bond movies. By the way, we're walking through the James Bond franchise over on Patreon. Hell Check yeah. that out. Yeah. Five bucks, and you'll unlock, like, immediately unlock, like, what, five, five James Bond movies? Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. But with James Bond, the so far they've all been based on the Ian Fleming novels, which are in a series. So it makes sense that you could grab makes one sense. and then you could do another yeah. one after it. These are just two completely random books that have nothing to do with each other that they just grabbed and, you know, put together. I, th- I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's great. They just, uh, they're like, let's put John McClane here. Uh, let's put John McClane here. Done. Yeah. All that's important is it's John McClane and that yeah. he's the same character and, and bad stuff has to go down. He's going to have to save the day. He's going to do some wild and exciting stuff. He's going to smoke a lot. I loved how much he was smoking in this movie. I did too, Tim. I, I feel bad. Because I know smoking is bad for you, but some of these 80s and 90s movies make it look so damn cool. Bruce Willis, for for my money, is arguably the best looking smoker in film. I like your take here. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go out and say number one because I think there's some some great ones out there. But I'm going to put him top five of all time on screen smokers. He makes it look so delicious. He does, and he's just so cash about he's it. He's so cool about it. He's, he's so, so cool, cool about it. Yeah. Now, Die Hard Two was the first film to use digitally composited live action footage with a traditional matte painting that had been photographed and scanned into a computer. When was that? When? Well, this movie came out in 1990. No. When was the scene? What was the scene that had that oh. matte painting? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, it was in the last scene, the scene on the runway. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I mean, okay, you got me. But I looked for it when I watched the movie. and I, I don't know what I was looking for. Uh, I didn't notice anything. It's the very end. It's as the camera's pulling away. It's like the end of the movie, I think. What are you looking at? The ending of the movie is there's snow everywhere. <laughs> it's a blizzard. Yeah, but it's, pull- it's pulling out and there's a bunch of planes. And I was like, I think that's a painting. Oh, so the plane's landing. They were the already on? landed. They were they were already on the ground. It was just pulling out with the planes on the ground. It was like on John, oh, and then okay. it was pulling out. And when they got far enough away, I was like, I think that's a painting. Okay, so weird. I think maybe that that might have been it. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I was looking everywhere, and I didn't notice anything. Yeah. but I think yeah. I I think I had already stopped looking by that point. I was looking more the like the movie was over. <laughs> I was looking more like during the action, the final yeah. action sequence. I thought they were going to yeah. have a matte painting. On the runway somewhere, it was just snow everywhere. You couldn't see, you couldn't see shit. 
That was the problem in the movie, Tim. There was snow everywhere, and Great they couldn't problem. see shit. I loved, I loved how little you can see in this movie, and how much snow yeah. there is. There's snow everywhere. It's a hell of a blizzard, Dean. It's ter- we we know hell of a blizzard. We know all about blizzards in the area that those, we live. This was a legitimate blizzard. This was wild. Of course, yeah. Those 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 bad guys would have been in tough luck if it wasn't a blizzard. They really needed that. They relied on that. They did actually. I didn't consider that, but uh, they, it's good planning. Yeah. That, well, good. I don't think they really planned it because it was their whole plan was based around when General Esperanza was being f- flown into Washington. Yeah, but they, they like had to checked rely the weather. The, well, they had they to checked rely the weather on the and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna storm," and they were like, "Excellent." Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's better for them to have it being snowy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the only way they could have held those planes hostage. If it's snowing, no, they can still yeah, shut down they couldn't the runway. See. They couldn't see, so they couldn't land. I guess so. Okay, if it's, so if like it's pitch black, you still can't land a plane. You still can't land. Okay, okay, fair. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm guessing. You're a pilot. If it's pitch black, can you drive your car? No. Uh, no. Could you land a plane? Probably not. Yes. <laughs> no, not. I don't think so. I don't think so. Probably not. Although you know, nowadays, like, I think those planes handle themselves. Right. Right. <laughs> it should be fine. Just press the button, they press the start button, yeah. and then it's like exactly. You press the land button, it's done. They enter uh, the location in Google Maps, and the plane takes off and lands on its own. Yeah, it's like a Tesla. Exactly. They're like Teslas. Was, they they were the Tesla before the Tesla. There's no pilots in those things, so maybe it would be fine. Yeah. Maybe this movie doesn't hold up now in in 2022. <laughs> Back mean, in 1990, that, though, you can't land a plane in the dark. I promise you that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Die Hard was up for four Academy Awards. Best film editing, best visual effects, best sound effects editing, and best sound. Die Hard 2, up for nothing. But I would say, Dean, if there was a category for best fucking action movie of the year, <laughs> this definitely would have gotten a nom. Yeah, it would have lost Beck's best action movie of the year, but it would have won best fucking action movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It might have lost that as well, but... <laughs> some stiff, got some stiff competition. It would have got a nom, is all I'm saying. It would have got a nom for sure. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, how could you? How could you not? How could you snub this movie? Oh yeah, you you can't. If there if there was a category for action movie, it would have to be in it. Yeah, they John really Clay. should have a, a category for action movies. They're too snooty. Uh, those uh, Academy Awards people. Too snooty. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's room in the Golden Globes. They already have like a comedy musical mm-hmm. s- uh, section. Mm-hmm. So just make an action, make mm-hmm. an action sci-fi section. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now the movie starts out, we hear bells jingling. Dean, just gets me in the Christmas fields right away. Of course. John McClane is in Washington for the holidays and his car is being towed. It's too bad. Yeah, sucks. You ever had your car towed before, Dean? Um, yeah, I have. Yeah. Not like towed because I was parked in the wrong spot. Towed because it was broken and it wouldn't move. Oh, okay. So you don't. Oh, okay. I, I've had it towed and like lost. So okay, you no, don't, you're I not, haven't you're had not that. feeling I, I, it the way I'm feeling it. No, that sucks I've been to get ticketed. Towed. I've been ticketed for being parked in an illegal spot, but they've never actually taken my car away. I don't think. Mm. Yeah, coming outside and seeing your car gone. Is, that's uh, that's a vibe. Yeah. That's a certain vibe. Yeah. yeah, I've had that vibe with it being stolen, but not with it being towed. Your car was stolen. Yeah. Oh, so you do know what I'm. You do want to. You do. Know, so you do know. What I this do feels know. Like. 
I do know what it feels like to go to your car and it not be there. All right. <laughs> and then be like, where did I park? Oh, no, it's gone. All right. Well, I, his car was just in the process of being towed. He couldn't talk the yeah. police officer out of, uh, out of it, letting it, letting it, uh, letting it go. So he, he lost his car. But we see a Colonel Stewart watching the news, doing some naked karate. Mm-hmm. Dean, I really like this part. Of course. Okay. This is how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so much for the nakedness, although that was fine. Oh. Oh. But I like that he has the news on. And yeah. it's setting up the plot of the film. Yeah. They're talking about a General Esperanza who's being extradited back to the U.S. for crimes committed. Um, later on, we learn it's like drug drug trafficking. Yeah. In one of the scenes on the TV, we see General Esperanza with Colonel Stewart, and they're laughing together. They're buds. So I thought... All of that just set things up very nicely for me to continue on in the movie. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Now we move to the airport, and John is there to pick up Holly, who's flying in. And at this point in the movie, Dean, I really appreciated that the movie takes the time to show the bad guys getting set up, similar to what we saw in the first Die Hard. It was a very small touch, but it connected the two films for me. Yeah, for sure. The the beginning and it, and it allows sort of John to like kind of pick up on things. Like so it, at least at the airport, you know, we see them set up in other places too, but at least at the airport, John like has his eye out on, uh, to like catch some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll touch on that in a second. I have something to sure. say about that, but um we see Colonel Stewart walking with the goons into the airport. Stuart and McLean actually bump into each other um, and they sort of recognize each other, but they can't really put who is who. Right. And I like, I like when movies do this, when they have like the good guy and the bad guy sort of see each other, sort of recognize each other early on, but they don't really know. And then they end up being like the two that are going at it for the whole movie. Yeah. It's like a cool feeling of, they both have this, like instinct, like you shouldn't be here. Yeah, right. I don't know why, because I don't know who you are, but I know that you shouldn't be here. Yeah, you're out of place. You're, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wasn't expecting to see you here. Right. But I don't know who you are. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. We also see a couple bad guys kill a guy living in a church, and they take Shit. over this church, and they set up a base. Yeah. And we see, as you mentioned, John McClane is noticing some of the bad guys at the airport. Now, I thought this was really, really good early character building for him because there's police at that airport and the police aren't noticing anything. But John notices the bad guys being sketchy and they're barely being sketchy. Like one guy puts his head down when the police walk past. Another guy like tucks a present further in under his chair. Yeah. And that's it. That's all they do. But John notices that. Yeah. And he's leveled up compared to the cops. And so he already knows like something is wrong here. So I love that. Yeah. This is more of just him being the superhero in this situation. He he sees everything. He knows everything. He knows what's going on. And I love that he picked up so quick on all that. It's great. I love this scene. Uh, he's smoking super cool. This is one of his cool smoking scenes. He's smoking super cool. He's got this like incredible sweater on. Looks great. And then he's also just noticing all these like tiny little details 
and you're just like, oh yeah, John, like you're, we're in good hands. John oh, McClane so cool. is on the case. We are fine. We are going to be okay. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Will you lose 271 lives? Yeah. Well, will, will John stop the bleeding there? Yeah. He will stop the bleeding there. And maybe you didn't have to lose those lives if you listened to John earlier. Ooh, yeah. Maybe. Nice. Good call. So John follows a couple men into a restricted area. He confronts them and they start shooting at him. John kills one. The other gets away and John gets stopped by the police. And John is taken to the police captain of the airport, which is played by Dennis Franz. And for me, he plays the best angry police captain trope I've ever seen. So angry. I remembered him being this type of character from before. But watching it this time, I forgot what a performance this guy put in. So good. Best supporting actor in the best fucking action movie of the year award nom <laughs> goes to yeah. Dennis Franz. I Dude, agree, man. He's he, so great. He's so great. He absolutely rules. The dubbed version I watched, you barely heard any of his lines because he says fuck all the time. <laughs> um, it is fantastic. He's got so much anger. Actually, at this moment, he's so good at it that in this moment, I'm like, John is kind of overstepping his bounds a little bit because yeah. like he's an L.A. cop, which is like that's a new thing for this movie. You know, he was a New York cop visiting L.A. and Die Hard. He's now an L.A. cop. So he has moved there to uh, to live uh, with Holly there together. Um, but yeah, he's like he's kind of out of line telling them what to do. Now, this this police, th th this guy isn't listening at all. He should listen a little bit. But uh He's so good at it. He's so good at playing the anger. I'm like, yeah, I'm angry too. <laughs> like, yeah, get out of here, John. <laughs> You're overstepping your bounds. Yeah. yeah. I need to back up for a second. I need you to explain to me and all the listeners why you watched a dub version of this movie. Did you have it recorded on VHS from uh, yeah. back in the day? Yeah, yeah. I recorded it on, on TBS or whatever. Um, recorded it on VHS, and that's what I watched over and over. So I have the dubbed lines memorized. And they're hilarious, and the dub is awful. Um, and it's this one, this scene, I don't know if you remember, but this scene, like, has a lot of swearing. In yeah, yeah. Oh, Dennis so this scene swears a lot. Yes, so this scene especially had, like, a whole thing was, like, dubbed over, and the voices they used oh. to dub are just ridiculous. So there is um, the, uh, the colonel early in the movie. He's asked to comment. He's asked for a comment from the yeah, press. I'll give you two says, words. Two words, fuck you. And so in the dub, he says, joke you. I have Ooh. two words, joke and you. Ouch. So then they use his joke for fuck later on in the movie for other characters that aren't him. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you can just hear his joke <laughs> when people are saying fuck. It's really oh, funny. It's too bad. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun, but you should have just yeah. watched the normal version, Dean. It's so I mean, much better. I yeah, but like I wasn't allowed. Oh, what are you? Are you ta I'm talking about this viewing this time. No, not this time. Oh, this time I watched the real one. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying that I've seen. I, I, this don't, movie. I don't know if you made that very clear, Dean. Sorry, sorry. You said you watched the dub version, and okay, sorry. That sounds like you watched the dub version. Sorry, I've, uh, Tim. I've had a few whiskeys, and then okay? it, that's fine. And then it does make sense that you would watch your VHS dubbed copy because yeah. I have recordings of movies like that myself yes. and i will go back and watch them so okay 
the air is cleared. You didn't watch the dubbed version. No, I watched uh, the real the dubbed one. The real version one. is yeah. very funny. Yeah, I haven't watched the dubbed version since I was a teenager. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the dubbed version of Die Hard 1. Uh, it's hilarious. Great. Yeah. yeah. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. He says that in this one, too? And then the other one, uh, another channel dubbed it uh, Yippee-ki-yay, ki-yay. <laughs> <laughs> that was another good I like one that. I like just a little echo. Yeah. It's just a little echo. echo. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. That's not my, bad. <laughs> my favorite dubbing ever was the local uh, TV station. They were doing uh, Predator. Oh, yeah. And uh, at the end, when he says, you're one ugly motherfucker. Right. They uh, blanked out mother, but left in fucker by accident. Yeah. So it was, you're yep. one ugly fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mother part was the part that was bad. That made it really you bad. Pull that out, yeah. You're allowed to say fucker, but not motherfucker. Right, yeah, yeah. So, good job, local TV station. Great. Yeah, but this Dennis Franz here, like this scene, you know, he, he's hot-tempered in almost every scene he's in, but this one takes the cake for me because yeah. John McClane comes in and he's like ridiculing them for not like shutting down the airport to do a full investigation of this dead body. Yeah. And Franz is just like, oh, just shut it down? <laughs> oh, just shut the airport down. And then he goes on to saying, like, there's lost dogs. There's lost kids. He says, there's an international diplomat coming. He says, there's a reindeer being flown in from a petting zoo. But but you want me to shut it down because you have a small little problem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. It was great. It was excellent. Uh, yeah, so John is clearly not getting any help here from the police. No. So he takes it upon himself to fingerprint the dead body, and he gets the prints, and he calls Sergeant Powell here to get him to run the prints. So this is where we get a awesome. short short but sweet scene with uh, uh, Sergeant Powell back from the first movie. Powell runs the prints and lets John know his dead body has been dead for two years already. I love it. Fun. I love this part where he goes like, well, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> John's like, you needed a computer to tell you that? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He died two years ago. He's been dead for two years. Cool. I love it. I inject a little mystery in here. Why is this guy? Why did he have fake his death? I, I really like it. Yeah. Really cool. John knows ex- exactly what that means. He's like, oh, yeah. Something bad news. Something. Yeah. Something bad's going on. But we get to see Holly in her plane flying in. And we also see that Dick Thornburg is on the same plane, which was just such a great choice for this movie. You know, this is something that after the first movie, you easily could have done nothing with. You could have forgotten that anything even happened between these two, but they doubled down on it. They put them together in an airplane and it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I've got one punch up for this section. Um, And it's, you know, Dick is really pissed that he's next to Holly. And he's really trying to get a first class seat. He's pissed he got kicked out of first class. And he's pissed he has to sit next to Holly. He says he has a 50 yard restraining order so that he has to be moved to first class uh, or else they're breaking the law. I feel like they should have went over to Holly and offered her the first class seat. That would have been good. 
because then they are still obeying what he said, but she gets the first class. He, there's, she's still 50 yards away from him, but she gets the first class seat for punching him in the face. I thought that would have been kind of cool. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's it's great. That would have been much better. Yeah. Yeah. Because instead they just ignore him. So you're like, can he really sue their, their airline? <laughs> can he really do that? Well, I guess what they were like getting at was that there were no more seats in first class. So he couldn't yeah. be seated there. Right. So to then right. send Holly there might not make a lot of sense. There was I, no opening. Yeah, yeah. But I like yeah, what you're sure. saying. I like yeah. I like it if they would switch it and him being placed in coach and then saying like, oh, I yeah. have a first class ticket. I belong up there or something like there's some mix up and then she gets yeah. that instead of him. I think that would be way better. That would be cool. And then he can keep coming up to first class to visit. <laughs> like, yeah, what's still, the fuck? still just like... doing the things he does like that he normally yeah. does in the movie here, but he just has to go up to first. He class just to does do it out her window still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. He is surprisingly like obsessed with her window for someone who's like terrified of her. Yeah, I know. Well, he's just a, he's in her row. He's got like the middle. Yeah, there's like three sections in the plane. He's in the middle section. He needs to look out the window. Yeah. Things are happening out there. But John goes to the air traffic control tower to tell them something big is going down. And flight director Ed, who I just thought was so great. I, I love great. his demeanor. I love his yeah. voice. Um, I love like the hard ass, you know, hard ass guy he's playing, this hard ass boss. Yeah. Confident, you know, seems powerful, but is helpless in this situation. Really good. Rack them, stack them, and pack them. Yeah, Captain Lorenzo is also up there. Yeah, he makes every scene better. Now they don't, <laughs> of course, they don't buy into what John's selling, but then something big does immediately go down as Colonel Stewart in the church has taken control of the airport systems and shut down the runway lights yeah. and several other core systems for landing the planes. Yeah, so that's a big problem. Colonel Stewart calls the tower to tell them a plane will be landing in 58 minutes, which is the name of the book this was based on. Oh, right. Cool. It's General Esperanza's flight. And he says it will land and not be met by anyone. And he wants a 747 fueled and ready to go. John gets himself kicked out of the tower. But he... Yep. Obviously, no, no one's surprised. No one's surprised. <laughs> no one's surprised. I don't know. I can't remember what he did. You know, he probably let his mouth run. He told he called Lorenzo something or other. Something about a, a pig, probably a shithead or something. Shit for <laughs> yeah. brains and got kicked he out. Did, yeah, he did say shit for brains at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on, on his way out, John hears the words Annex Skywalk said. So he's got that in his head. Now he's uh, he's in the elevator. This is great. He's in the elevator with a reporter who also like snuck in who shouldn't have been there. Right. <laughs> um, Lorenzo, I think he calls down and he's like, McLean's coming down. Arrest him when he gets to the bottom. So you're worried for John. But in the elevator, he just like pops the roof and climbs yeah. out yeah. because he already knows how to do that. Like that's just. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm out of here. News. This is easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just climbs out. Elevator shaft? No problem. Climbs out the elevator shaft. I thought it was so great. And he escapes yeah. to the basement where he meets Marvin, the janitor, who helps him find this Annex Skywalk. Yeah. And uh, McLean's like looking at blueprints of the airport. And you know, it occurs to him that this looks like a very good place for an ambush to happen. 
So uh, this airport engineer had this idea um, of how to restore their systems. And he's on his way to the Annex Skywalk with a SWAT team. And sure enough, when they get there, there's an ambush. And the SWAT team, they get their asses handed to them. Uh, at this point, we get to see John crawling around in the vents, which I loved. You know, that's mm -hmm. just more throwback yeah. to the first one. I want to see him crawling around in vents. I actually could for have sure. gone for more of it in the movie, but this is yeah. the scene they throw in just to make sure it happened. Really great. Uh, John pops out. He's able to, you know, save the day, kill the, the terrorists here, and save um, the engineer's life. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty fun action scene here. You have a couple things at play that I like and that kind of um, make it interesting and create some fun action stuff. So one of them is like uh, one of those walking escalator things um, that's not just going, it's not going up and down. It's just going like straight across. You just walk on it. So you got some cool moments of like um, those getting started and stopped to like either stop people or start up again for guns to move towards other people. Really cool stuff being played with there. And then also scaffolding, like scaffolding creates that like up, up, up and down le level layer, you know, where you have to be shooting up and shooting down and, you know, you got to look up. Uh, I really liked that. I liked the, it not just being on the ground, but also being like guys up top too. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. And I, I do like how they did that because Ultimately, it did end up making a bit of sense where the like the terrorists are some of them are on like the main level. A couple of them are up on scaffolding. The yeah. SWAT team comes. The SWAT team gets wiped out because the terrorists are up on the scaffolding and they're shooting down. Right. They, ha they have the high ground. So what happens is John comes in through the vent. He's higher than everybody. So he's at the highest point. He has yeah. the high ground. And he's able to take them out for that reason. So totally, yeah. it, it made sense, you know, in that, in that way. So if, if John just comes in, you know, on the ground, like the SWAT team does, is he going to kill the terrorist? Yeah. Because this is his movie, but he's a superhero, I think it makes more sense that he, they yeah. were able to beat the SWAT team because they were high and he ends up coming in that area at the highest point and is able to shoot down at them. Yeah. Love it. It's a, it's a really, uh, it's a really, smartly framed action scene um it's uh it's really exciting yeah so this engineer was trying to get to the antenna array that immediately blows up because colonel stewart knew they'd make a play for it this yeah is, this is always one of my favorite scenes in the movie when right. yeah they're making the play for this you know antenna array their team gets wiped out but the engineer's still ready to go to it him and John get up, start walking towards it, and the thing just fucking explodes. Yeah. And it's just like, you are just wasting your time yeah. and you're wasting lives. Like, I told yeah. you not to do anything. Don't be stupid. Uh, I like the the kind of level up for Colonel Stewart here where he's already got this all figured out. Yeah, he's just like, it's a, just a flex, right? Like, it's just I so obvious. step ahead of you. Yeah, I know what you're doing. It's so obvious. Um but I will say, too, I love this engineer guy. What's this guy's name in the movie? Just like the engineer. Like, I think his credit is the airport engineer. Oh, really? Oh, OK. Well, uh, he he rules. Um, yeah, he's great. He, uh, he's 
so into every plan like he's coming yeah. up with a ton of solutions this whole movie and he's so into them like he's just like fully invested into every plan that i just like absolutely love him every time he's coming up with something i just think he's a genius and yeah he's just putting his heart and soul into it so this guy does a great job now colonel stewart he warned them dean he warned them not to try anything but they tried something they did and now he's going to teach them a lesson uh-oh. So he recalibrates sea level on their systems. He calls a flight that's low on fuel. He turns on some runway lights. And he gets the plane to crash trying to land. No. Oh, no. This is this is another good scene. I really it's I think great. this is a really great idea. <laughs> like, yeah. Change, I don't think this would happen anymore in, in 2022 because, you know, as we've already no talked way. about, planes land yeah. themselves. Well, but yeah, back and then, I don't think they do too many plane crash type things. Um, you know, like exactly because like the way planes land now, and they're not just going <laughs> to crash planes on movies. I don't think too much. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, just for like the uh, like lowering of sea level. I think oh, there's so good. Too yeah. many no, but but like too many systems in place now for that to be a thing that would happen for sure. But back yeah, then, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm totally no buying into the fact that that would work. Oh yeah, uh, and that's yeah. That is a good idea. I kind of I I love it, and I love the. It's so easy for them to do. It's such a good show of power because it's so easy for them to do, and they kill two hundred and fifty people on this plane. Like it's just like, do not fuck with me. I can kill two hundred and fifty people in a second. You know, like this is the level up from just Die Hard. Die Hard is like, if you fuck with me, I shoot someone. You know, I shoot one person. It's like if you fuck with them in this movie, they are crashing a plane so easily. Yeah, that was one plane of like dozens, maybe that are yeah, up or more circling yeah. with hundreds yeah. of people on them. I remember, you know, watching this the first time and thinking, "There's no way that this plane crashes," because nothing like right. this had ever happened before in a movie. So I was just, you know, programmed to think there would be a way out. Somebody would save the day. John can help. John will figure it out. He's going to stop this plane from crashing. He tries. And then, oh, shit, they crashed the plane. They actually did it. Yeah. And I I really like the somberness of everybody in the movie after that plane crashes. Like, everybody takes it really hard. Um, Big loss, yeah. Like, it was a really, really big loss. I think they they worked that well into the movie. It's a real, like, somber moment. And then Colonel Stewart comes over the, the speaker again, and he's like, you know, let this be a lesson to you. You know, I'm being very serious. Don't do anything again. Yeah. Did you see? Do you see that? Do you see what I did, guys? Yeah. Did you see the plane? Did, did you guys, were you guys looking? Were you watching? Were you watching out the window? Out the window? Did you happen to notice I blew up a plane? Yeah. I, I actually, I think that, you know, Bruce Willis, like John McClane going out there, sells it even so much harder that it's not going to crash. Because if he was just in that booth oh, looking yeah, out that 100%. window, you'd be like, oh, it's going to crash. But he runs out there. He like he's sticks torches. on fire. He torches. He's going to guide them. He's going to guide that sure. plane. And you're like, oh, for yeah, sure. this is going to work for sure. Yeah, that that really sells it that, you know, yeah. you buy in that they're going to be okay. Yeah. How many times has like McClane gone out in a situation like that and like saved the day? Or every like saved time someone's him. life every or time. saved his own life you know basically yeah. just gotten out of a bad situation yeah. every time this every is the time. one time he wasn't able to do it yeah and because of it 
the media went wild, Dean, in 1990. Yeah, because like, John McClane... for this. We won't stand for John McClane not saving a plane. This is outrage. Little did he know that if he didn't save that plane, he would have the highest kill count in a movie ever. <laughs> Little did he know. I think subtly John McClane knew what he was doing. He, right. He's like, I'm not going to light these sticks too bright. They did seem to go out a little by the end. <laughs> he was waving them a little quickly, trying to put them out, I think. Was uh, was it his bad that he was standing on the wrong runway with the he sticks? Was the, yes. He was. Yes. Yes. If he was on the right runway, would he have stopped the plane? I don't know. Maybe. 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 They but might have he, seen he him. He wasn't on the right, the right runway. No. It's fine. I don't know why he was on a different runway. It's just guessing. He's just guessing. It's not like killing 250 people is going to like get your movie noticed or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. 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 You should probably buzz. just go to the wrong runway, right? Pro- probably get some buzz for something like that. It's 1990. People are fucking, you know, they can't handle planes crashing yet. No. We're used just to it learning, now. It happens they're just learning day. fax machines, Tim. Yeah. Well, fax machines. Yeah, fuck. You're worried about your fax fax machine catching on fire. Exactly. Exactly. Or like sending your message upside down. So they actually, <laughs> the message you send is like the the back piece of the paper. Oh, like, oh no. Fuck. fuck, I did it wrong again. How am I supposed what to put an, this in? Upside an down idiot. and backwards? Stupid. Why? 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 Why couldn't you put it in normal and have it come out upside down and backwards? Which would be easier for people to figure out. I don't know, Tim. Hmm. I've never dove into the fax hmm. machine technology. Yeah, you're lucky. You're lucky, bro. Yeah. You're lucky. Yeah, a lot of people wasted their lives some on that. <laughs> some of us were born earlier <laughs> and had to deal with fax machines. Right, yeah. Yeah. I never had to fax anything. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. The flight director, Dean, tells John a special counter-terrorist army unit led by Major Grant has been called in to help. So that's good news. Did things just get better or worse, Tim? Uh, on the surface, they got better. Okay. Under the surface, they got worse. They got worse, yeah. That's a question John McClane asks in the movie, if you're wondering why I asked you. Mm. Uh, I wasn't wondering, but that's good. That's good insight. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners appreciate that insight, Dean. Yeah, yeah. Because you it know coming. why? Cause... Keep it coming. <laughs> you know why? You know why he asks? Because John McClane knows what's going on he knows what's bad he knows he knows, he knows he bad. can feel it in his gut he can the, smell the, bad from a mile away he can smell bad the army shows up and he, he asks did things just get better or worse yeah he's got a nose for bad this guy he's got a nose for those those guys yeah was he smoking when he asked that question i feel like he uh, was i feel like he's he smoking. should yeah he's always smoking uh the flight director, Dean, also tells John that Holly's plane only has 90 minutes of fuel left. Shoot. So, I don't know. It still seems like a lot. She still seems like 90, 90 minutes? I know. Honestly, not, Tim. That should have been Tim, like 30 I, minutes, maybe. Yeah. Because at this point, I checked the runtime. 
30 minutes much, left. 30 I'm like, left. fine. Yeah. She can circle to the movie's gonna be over. Fine. And then she's got an hour to land after the movie. Yeah, ends. she's going to be she's going to be fine. Yeah, I was not not too worried for her with this comment. No. no. <laughs> That's okay though. Uh up on the plane, Dean, we see Dick getting too close to Holly. He's looking out her window because of all the planes that have been circling and gathering in the area. Yeah. And we get this wonderful line from Holly where she says, listen, Dick, that is your name, Dick. <laughs> if you're going to continue getting this close, would you consider switching aftershaves and use a stronger mouthwash? It's good. I love it. I love how she says Dick to him. Oh, yeah. She gets really sick digs on him in this movie, which is really sad. It's really satisfying. Like in last movie, she got to punch him, which is great. Right. We got one great moment. This yeah. movie, she just gets to dig him the whole... She wins every interaction, the whole that's movie. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, she really does. And that's what makes it so much fun. That's what, oh, makes, yeah. that's what makes him, you know, in my opinion, be allowed to be back in the movie and have yeah. me not hate it. Because yeah. He's, yeah, for such, sure. he's such a greasy slime ball <laughs> yeah. that I don't want more of him. Yeah. Unless he's being treated this way. And and he like sort of gets a moment, you know, as you as you're gonna expect. He's gonna have some sort of a moment. He gets one. It's short. But it it's short. It's mostly Holly yeah. just you know, just beating on him this whole time. And it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's excellent. I, I love seeing it. But so good. just the dialogue in this movie, there's so much great dialogue. There's so many funny things that John says to Lorenzo. Lorenzo's like heat ups are legendary. Holly's yeah. always burning dick. Um, there's just like, there's the comedic dialogue. Colonel Stewart, he's like, he has really solid, like bad guy dialogue. Like it's all very For sure. straightforward yeah. and firm. Uh, I, I think the writing was really well done in the movie. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I really like it. So Dick has some radio equipment on board and he taps into the cockpit frequency you know, to try to figure out what's going on. But all he gets is a beacon. That's all they hear. He tells his guy to stay on it and to let him know if anything comes through. Now, I liked this idea here from the airport engineer who uses the that be, that beacon. It's just a beeping, you know, It's they call it the outer marker. It's just like yeah. once you've passed into kind of like the area of the airport, you get this beeping to let you know that you're you're getting near. He decides to use that as a line of communication with the planes. So he's like, yeah. why does it just have to beep? Why can't we just talk through that beacon? So I thought that was really cool. And he's able to do that and to brief all of the planes on the situation. Yeah. And I love it because this is him outsmarting the bad guys because yeah. they already caught him. They already caught him trying his first thing. You know, his first plan was go to the tower. They were one step ahead. They blew it up before he got there. But this is him getting a win because then he they don't know about it. They don't know about this one. They weren't ready for this one. So he actually gets to communicate with the planes and they don't even know about it. That is a great point. I didn't consider that. That's great. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, Dick and his buddy who are listening to that beacon now hear the message as well. And Dick calls his news station. He wants to air this story. Yeah. You know, he thinks this is going to make his career. They put him on the air and he causes a major panic in the airport. People are running outside, running over people. He, Ugh. there's a major panic in his own plane because of this. Mm -hmm. 
And Holly knows what to do. Thank goodness for Holly. She grabs the taser from that old lady. She breaks into the washroom that Dick's in, and she fries him. Hell yeah. And it was just a great moment. Just it was a great. great moment. That, that, way better. Way be- actually, I was going to say way better than the punch, but I don't know. I don't know if I like that better than the punch. No, the, pun- pun- the punch is really the great. Punch- yeah, I think the punch is a better moment because it's yeah. like kind of by surprise. You know, think, it's just I think like you're right. you don't see it coming and she just punches him and you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to happen. That was perfect. Yeah, um, this is good, too. But I, I like the punch better. Yeah, I think you're right. Now, Esperanza, General Esperanza, has broken out of his restraints in his plane and he's taking control of the plane and he brings it in for a landing and we get like a short fight scene between John and Colonel Stewart's men who both kind of gather on the plane at the same time. Yeah. Jo- John ends up getting trapped in the cockpit and he has to use the ejection seat to get out before he's blown up by some grenades they threw in. Yeah. Um, I always remember and like this um, sequence for yeah. the effects of him ejecting out and the camera being like up in the up in the air looking down at the cockpit and then John kind of shooting out and getting closer and closer and closer to the camera until you can kind of like see his face perfectly. Yeah. And then he starts to kind of fall away and he's like screaming the whole time too. Uh, really, really great effects for 1990. I think it's, it's just, it looks really, really good. And it always stood out for me. I love it. I always remember this part. I loved it as a kid. I loved it this time around. And this time around, I was thinking, well, I had heard it's it doesn't look good. It's bad. It it ages poorly. That's what I heard. So going into it, look good to me. Look great. <laughs> going into it, I was expecting that, and I look. I watched, and I was like, I think this looks great. I think it looks fine. Uh, it was, it was uh, just as exciting for me as it was when I was a kid seeing it. It, it looked awesome. Same. I loved it. Well, I forgot. You know, I forgot what happened that scene. Okay. Yeah. You know, I I didn't, I didn't remember that he ejected out. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, was I lost awesome. it. I I relive the thrill all over again. It rules. Even though I've seen <laughs> the movie rules. like twenty times, I somehow yeah. forgot. You can't relive remember it. every scene of every movie. Come on, come on, everybody, give me a break. It's hard. It's very hard to remember every scene I've seen of every. A movie. lot of movies. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. all the scenes. I can't even remember all the titles of all the movies I've seen. Give me a break. I'm eighty years old. He's so old. I've been around since the nineteen twenties. <laughs> You'd be a little bit older than 80 then, Tim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> tough times. Oof. Tough the 20s, yeah, the 20s tough were times. pretty tough. Tough times. Yeah. You got that uh, I don't want to go yeah, back to the 20s. You got that Spanish flu going around. Yeah, yeah, Did you catch that? Did you catch that oh, back yeah, in the yeah. 20s? Lots of things going around. Yeah. Yeah. So John and the engineer are able to figure out that Stewart's men must be close because of how fast they got to the airplane. And they are actually able to find the church. Again, because the engineer's a genius. He's just solving everything. He's very smart, yeah. Another very fun line from John here. (laughs) He tells the engineer to sit tight while he goes in for a closer look on this church. And he says, just get ready to call the Marines. And the engineer says, I thought they were the army. And John says, who gives a fuck? (laughs) <laughs> Which is just like such an honest moment for his character. Because if you're in that moment and these things are happening, 
You would say that. Like, so who, good. To the engineer, like, who fucking cares if it's the Marines or the Army? You know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you're just, don't waste my time, okay? Yeah. So I, I love it also, for that reason. I love it for that reason. He's also unsure about those guys, right? So he's like, he didn't <laughs> log in his head who they were. He doesn't even care, right? True, yeah. Like, yeah. Who, who gives a fuck? Who I don't fucking, care. Who Call those guys that are. showed up to help, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just a great line. Like it's so just, good. Not only is yeah. it funny because of the delivery, but I think it makes a lot of sense in the context of, of that situation. For sure. That is definitely one of the hardest laughs I have in the movie. For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. I love it. It's great. I love it. Now, spoiler alert, Dean, Major Grant and the Special Army Unit are working with Colonel Stewart. Big shocker. Big shocker. There was a very small tease to this that I noticed this time. Same. Only you know, this time. Me too. I've seen this movie so many times, and this is the only time I caught it. Yeah, so I'll explain it here for the, the listeners. Captain Lorenzo is on the phone with the engineer, and the engineer tells him the address of the church and says, like, you know, this is where we are. This is where we think they are. All Lorenzo does is writes it down on a piece of paper, but Major Grant sees the address, and he grabs the paper and says, we have a code red. We've got a positive ID on Stewart's location. Okay. So, Tim, I have something else. You look shocked. I have something else. Okay, hold on. Save that. So I'll just explain this okay. one. Okay. How would Major Grant know that this is where Colonel Stewart is? All he has is an address. The address of the church was written down. That's it. So there's no way for him to know that's where Colonel Stewart is, unless he already knew that's where Colonel Stewart was. So what do you got, Dean? This is this. I'm curious. What do you got? So this is what this is what I picked up just this time around. Um, Colonel Stewart at the beginning of the movie is walking through the airport with his like airport thugs, and one of them says, "We've got a personnel problem. We've got someone new." And that's it. They drop that oh, there. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then later, right. when when Major comes in, one of his guys explains to. I think he's talking to John McClane, but he explains to John McClane that he's new. He's like, I'm new here. And so that's the new guy. The new guy is on the other team. So to me, I was like, oh, that's it. That's that's the new guy that's going to be the problem. That's true. That is another one. That's yeah. always one that I remembered. So that didn't okay, stick I always out forgot this that time. One. Yeah. 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 This other one I had never noticed before. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I hadn't noticed that, that one either. The one you're talking about kind of like gets resolved a bit later because they kill that yeah. guy. Exactly. They kill yeah. him because gotta, he's new. Yeah. Yeah, which I think it that's a great idea too. Like uh, it's awesome. it's just, it's, it's, it's just such neat a... that like this a neat idea that one of their main guys gets sick or whatever and they bring someone new in who d isn't in on the plan. So as the plan's going down and they get to like the part where they have to do, have to do the double cross, they have to kill him first cuz he's not in on it. It's so perfect because that's the reveal to us. That's the reveal to the audience that they are bad is them killing the new guy. And so I just, I, I, it worked for me so well when I was a kid. Like, I was so shocked. I was actually confused, you know? Oh, same. I, like, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on. You know, yeah, I was like 12 years old or whatever. <laughs> trying to You don't know that movie. they're traitors at that point. All you no. see is they kill this guy, and you're still yeah. left wondering what's going on until John exactly, reveals yeah. it for us later. Yeah, you're still very confused about it. Um, but I just think that's great. I think that's such, yeah, such a great moment um, that it's still sort of disguised. It's not that... 
You know, it's not that it just is out in the open. That's part of the mystery is killing that guy. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Now, really great kill at the church here where John sticks an icicle into a dude's eye. Uh, easily the most gory kill of this movie. Yeah. And really pushing the envelope for 1990. This was extremely graphic. Even John sure. reacts in disgust when after like he that. does it and he looks over and he's like, he yeah. sees the guy and he's like, whoa. He's like, oh, Gross. <laughs> what did I do? It's good. I love it. Right in the eye. And like, Ooh. what? A, it's just so perfect. That, that icicle is just going to melt. It's, it's just, huge. it's awesome. It's huge. Yeah. Now, Major Grant and his team show up at the church where it looks like both sides are having a big shootout. But we learn that they're both using blanks. It's yeah. just all an act. Colonel Stewart and his men head out on snowmobiles. And John, of course, goes after them. But he's using one of their machine guns and he can't hit anyone. So good. <laughs> and they get away. It's so good. It rules. It's so good. He's like he's like playing chicken with another snowmobile. And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's using blanks. You're like, dude, you're so dead. You don't even have bullets. It's It's really good. I love it. He's so good that he's like doing like a like almost like a jousting with oh, yeah. Colonel he's Stewart with snowmobiles. on snowmobiles. Yeah. Colonel Stewart shooting at him with a real gun, real bullets. McLean has the blanks, yeah, and he's good enough to be shooting, and then to realize something's wrong. And while he's driving the snowmobile, he looks at his gun. He turns his gun sideways and he looks at it and he's like, "What is going on with this thing?" <laughs> and then he looks back to Colonel Stewart, and Colonel Stewart still can't hit him. No, he's like, so good. If if McLean had bullets, real bullets in this gun, this oh. is where Stewart dies. This, this is, is the where end Colonel of the Stewart gets yeah. killed. Yeah, this is the end of the yeah. movie. Yeah. For sure. Really good. Uh, really good snowmobile crash too. He like kind of goes really up a was. hill. That's kind of like over a a street. So he like yeah. kind of goes over a truck goes over and a then a it semi. crashes. And it blows up or whatever, catches on fire. It's great. It looks awesome. It looked like he blew up in this moment, though. I know. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah, it's good. Now, great scene where John goes back to the airport to tell Captain Lorenzo that Stuart and Grant are working together. And Lorenzo doesn't believe him. So John pushes Lorenzo away, pulls out the machine gun, and unloads the clip of blanks into him. I love it. This is such a great moment because we actually all want to see Lorenzo legitimately get blown away at this point. Yeah, even even all of his men. They all have their guns pulled on McLean and no one pulls the trigger. They're all just like, let him shoot a couple more. I don't think you hit him yet. <laughs> but you you'd be ha you'd be fine here. If John oh, yeah. gunned down Lorenzo Could here, for sure. It's a bit dark. But and you'd be like, John was right. John was right. We might be cheering the same way as when Holly tasers Dick. Right. Right. right? It's just a yeah. character you don't really like. No. But he doesn't. He's had it coming. It, it's blanks. But it gives us that moment to sort of, for a fraction of a second, feel like John did kill him without actually killing him. So John yeah. doesn't have to be the bad guy. But we, we, the audience, get the moment that we want out of that, out of that sequence. Well, yeah, because he's he's not listening to him like he usually isn't listening to him. He's just yelling back at him. And so John just pushes him. Like, this is what you've wanted the whole time for him, John, to either punch him or push him yeah. or something. And he pushes him and he just unloads. And you're like, whoa, yeah, I guess that's what I was looking for. Yeah. And it's a great moment because yeah. Lorenzo 
turns at this moment. He's fully on board now, not because, well, maybe be, partially because he got shot at. Partially, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe this is like, maybe this is a case of like who can scream louder. Because Lorenzo yeah. loves to scream, loves to yeah. scream at you, you know. But if you can scream louder at him, and how do you, respect. how could you scream louder than by yeah. shooting a machine gun of blanks at him? Yeah, respect. But also at the same time, he realizes, okay, McLean is right here. Like something, yeah. this is something way bigger than what we considered. So yeah. he completely flips his attitude. He's like, just immediately starts barking out orders to like follow the path that John is trying to get them to go down. It was, it was a really, really great moment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he has a lock and loaded, like, let's go kick some ass scene. Yeah. Like he has his action movie line scene. <laughs> yeah, he's, he gets super into it. He's like, all right. He's yeah, so into I, it. I know, I'm into it now. Yeah, I know what to do. Here we go. Let's go. So uh, Stuart, General Esperanza, and and um, Major Grant are all at the 747, and they're ready to escape. Now, uh, I feel like this is a bit of a misstep here because I, I really think that they needed to have some hostages with them at this point because if they just take off in this 747, there's no reason the government just doesn't shoot them down. Follow there's, them and shoot them down. Like as there, soon as they nothing. leave, they don't have control over the planes anymore. You're you're 100 right. Just follow them and then shoot them down whenever they like r r give the control back of all the planes. Yeah, there's nothing stopping that from happening. Yeah. other than if you had some hostages, yeah. that's that's what we really sure. worked about. The first one, you know, they had yeah. hostages, so that's why they didn't just want to like burst in and shoot. Even though you know we we know that like those CIA agents or whoever the FBI or yeah the FBI agents. They were going to gun down the hostages on the roof anyways. But I think in this moment, if you just have some hostages, it makes that escape plan a bit more believable. But not yeah. a big deal. So the 747 starts to take off. John has hitched a ride on a news helicopter, and they drop him off on the wing of the plane. Great. Great. Major Grant goes out on the wing to get John. And I just think this is a really fun idea. Have a couple, yeah, couple dudes fighting on the wing of a plane. It For looked sure. really good. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, understand the logistics behind it. Like the plane was going to take off, but John was able to put his coat in one of like the flaps of the wing. That I guess. Yeah. So the I wings, these flaps... the wings have to, they have to like close down so that you can take off. So it couldn't close down. So the the um, controls wouldn't even let the guy take off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like that would close just fine with a jacket in there. I don't think like a jacket. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, maybe. Jacket is just a piece of piece of cloth. Like I feel like that maybe would close yeah. anyways. And maybe some of the jackets hanging out, but that's fine. Don't worry about that stuff. Uh, I, I love the idea for them to fight in the wing. Yeah, me too. John is able to kick Major Grant off the wing. Major Grant goes into the engine, gets chewed up by the engine Great. That's always fun to see. Oh, yeah. Then Stuart comes out to finish off John. John bites his finger off. Off. That's a good move. Spits it out. Good move. I mean, I I feel like Stuart would have done a little better here if he was naked. He was doing his Tai Chi, wow. his karate. but thinking the exact same thing, dude. Needed to drop those pants and take that shirt off. He would have done a little better. He's not used to doing karate with clothes on. Exactly. Exactly. This is why you don't practice karate naked, because unless, unless you think you'll find yourself in a naked karate fight. Exactly. Yeah. Don't do it. Right. Prepare yeah. for the situation. Should have been practicing 
Exactly. Should have been practicing with a snowsuit or yeah. should have been naked in this fight. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't have even been upset if he derobed de- de- and, and climbed awesome. out on the wing. I think awesome. that would have been great. I would have loved it. I would have loved it too. Yeah. Uh, Major Grant wins the fight. He kicks John off the plane. Yeah, he does. Yeah, not Major Grant. Uh, Colonel oh, Stewart. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Colonel Stewart is able to kick John off the plane. Yeah. Fully great. clothed. <laughs> well, not great, but... <laughs> Imagine what he would have done naked. Yeah, kick, exactly. Kick, would have been a lot better. Right kicks his head yeah. right off. Kicks his head right off. his head off the plane. <laughs> yeah, his head goes flying. But, he's uh, down a finger, though. He's down a finger. That's true. That's true. He's down yeah. a finger. Small victory for John. <laughs> uh... John, on his way down, he's able to grab a fuel valve handle, Mm -hmm. and he pulls it open, and the plane starts spewing fuel out. Yeah. The plane takes off, and John, on the ground, lights the stream of fuel. The fire races along the path on the ground, then up into the air, and right into the plane, blowing it up. This looked great. Tim, I'm a yes. big, big fan of that fire traveling through the air to blow up the plane. Me too. It, it looks, looks. It looks very good. Real. It looks very good. Real. It looks so good. Of course, it's on the ground and it looks great. But then it, the plane has started to take off and it yeah. travels in the air, up that fuel line that's like just spewing out and blows up the plane. It looks awesome. What sells it for me is the speed at which it's occurring, which felt yes. real. For the sure. Speed yeah. that fire would travel down. A fuel source looked yeah. real. Awesome. It was cool. That line of flame and blown up plane is enough for the other planes to now see the runway and land. So great writing. You've just solved two problems yeah. with awesome. one move. He's killed the bad guys and he's found a way to land the planes. John is reunited with Holly. Yippee Kaye. And Merry Christmas, motherfucker, and the end. <laughs> Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Uh, you missed one very important part, Tim, and that is John McClane running towards his wife's landed plane, and he just falls over. <laughs> did he? He's fallen. Yeah. He fell. He, As did he's he running slip? towards. Did he slip? He slipped, yeah. As he's, I don't know if it was real or if it was fake, but as he's running towards her plane and he's kind of running towards the camera, he just trips. He just trips and falls on his face and he gets up and he keeps running. Guess who's had a long day? Him. John fucking McLean. He did. He's had a long day. All right. Let the guy have a fall. He can have a fall. There was snow everywhere. It just shows you how strong he is to get back up and keep running. Keep running to his wife. It's great. Thank you, Dean, for bringing us full circle yeah. to the great lesson of the movie. If you fall down, get back up. Don't exactly. stay down. Yeah. There's nothing for you down. There's only There's things for you. for you up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We did it. That was great. We that covered was great. Die Hard great movie. Yeah, I loved it. Very fun movie. Yeah, uh, had a lot of fun talking about it. It surprised me a lot. Yep. Um, Christmas classic. Christmas classic. I'm. This gets me really curious for what other gems are out there that I 
mm. forgot our gems and want to like rediscover. Great. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have dig, to see. dig into that next year. Yeah. Cool. Well, Dean, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. You too, Tim. I'll, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. We have a fun Boxing Day episode coming up, everybody. Very fun. Very fun. So check that out. Yeah. And everybody listening, if you're looking for a way to support Talking Back, there's a few ways you can do that. You can start by telling your friends about us. Hey, do you have a favorite Talking Back episode? Share it with your friends. There's a share. There's a share button on uh, the podcast apps. Just share it. Send your friend one of uh, your favorite episodes. Let them know. Let them hear. You can also leave a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. You can send a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back. You can sign up to be a patron and gain access to exclusive episodes over at patreon.com slash talking back podcast. Lots of fun episodes over there. And now that this episode is over, don't worry. Head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something that you like. Dean, thank you for joining. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. like comic books? Me too. Hi, I'm John. Join me over at the Comics Underground podcast, where I invite guests to discuss their favorite comic books, graphic novels, manga, and more. Go to bfopnetwork.com for more info, or find me on your favorite podcatcher. I'll see you there.